he'll be starting a book study on Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. That'll be on Wednesday nights. And um, you don't have to get the book, but he will be discussing the book each week. Um, so you can get that off Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, Mardell, Focus on the Family. So it's Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. So uh, that'll start August 21st, which I can't believe August starts tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I feel like summer has just flown by. <laughs> and for those of you wondering, I am six weeks out from my due date. So hopefully no labor tonight. I don't think I will, but <laughs> uh, awesome. So tonight I wanted to talk about uh, being present. Um, I think it's so important, whatever we're doing, whoever we're with, that we are present with them, that we're fully there. And um, so I wanted to show some pictures of distracted people. Let's go with number one. Yep, see this couple here. They're on the beach. He's on the phone. Pretty, pretty sad. Next one. And date out. Have you seen this? I've seen this at a restaurant. They're both on their phones. They're not talking to each other. Next one. They're both on their iPads, not paying attention to the baby. Next one. A nice day out with mom, but she's on her phone the whole time. Dad's too busy at home answering emails. And then, of course, young people on their phones a lot, too. Not talking to each other, scrolling through Instagram, whatever. Okay, so that was all phone examples. But in general, we are distracted people. Uh, We have so many things coming at us from every angle all the time. And that causes us to be distracted, to not be present wherever we're at. Um, A few weeks ago, I was driving and I was texting. Terrible. I know. And I hit a curb, not just like hit a curb, like smacked into the curb so much that it jolted us. And I stopped the car. The girl, my two girls who were just running around were crying. And um, there was a man literally like three feet away from me that I could have hit. So I started to just like stop for a second. And it could have been a lot worse. You know, the girls could have gotten hurt. Something could have happened to the baby. Uh, anything like that. Thankfully, we were all okay, but the car repairs after that were pretty hefty. Um, And I think it was all of this just really came out of, like this sermon came out of that, really, of be present, even when you're driving, (laughs) Uh, especially when you're driving. Um, But uh, it just, it jolted me into reality of, I am not I'm very distracted. I'm, I don't know why I was texting at that moment. I was late, and I was trying to text to tell everybody I would be here soon, and um, it can wait. <laughs> that that um, phrase, it can wait, is so true. <laughs> um, and then I saw this picture of a car crash recently, um, and if you can see, it's a car underneath a semi. And the caption for this pic says, She still had her phone in her hand. One text message ended three lives. Uh, Show your kids. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, you're looking. it's, It's so easy to just look down and say, oh, it's just one text message. But overall, it means that we're distracted. And, and, and yeah, that's a bleak example of, um, 
something really tragic happening because of it, but it's true. And so the, today I just really want to focus on being present. So if you'll turn with me to Luke 10, 38 through 42, this is when Jesus visits Martha and Mary. And I know that we've probably all heard this story, but I think it's so crucial to what we're talking about tonight. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And I think I relate a lot to Martha. (laughs) Um, Especially, like, you think Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that, just trying to get everything prepared and trying to make sure all the food comes out at the same time. The house is clean, the children are bathed, that kind of thing. And then sometimes I feel myself missing the moment. You know, instead of enjoying Thanksgiving, sometimes I'm just like, Here's the food, eat, okay, let's clean up, you know, and I know it's a huge undertaking, but the main thing is that we need to prioritize what's important and not let moments pass us by because those moments over time can lead to years of missing out on things because you're always looking to the next thing. You're always wanting the next thing to be perfect without enjoying the moment itself. So I want some input here. Uh, So what are some common distractions in your everyday life? I want some input here. What are some of your distractions? Kids? (laughs) Work? Pardon? Housework, yes. Yes. Anyone else? Common distractions. And there might be different. Television. Yes. Friends. For me, it's constantly checking social media and emails. I am, it's a problem. Um, to-do list, constant to-do list. I eat in my car almost every single day. <laughs> That's a distraction. I put my makeup in the car almost every single day. Terrible. My husband uh, doesn't like that. My husband was the, is the worship pastor, for those of you who don't know. Um, ignoring sleep, you know. Uh, I was on a date with a guy one time. He's not my husband, but uh, he <laughs> checked his phone every three minutes for sports updates. The entire date, I was like, ugh. And so that's, you know, we're not together because because <laughs> I just felt like we were just checking his phone all night. Like, okay, cool. The Reds lost that game. Awesome. Cool. You know, so. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that any of these things are bad, right? None of these things are bad. But if they um, come to a point where we're not balancing it with time with our people, with, or if we're not balancing it with being present, with people we were with, with activities we were doing, then that's a problem. Just like when I crashed my car 
that's a problem because I was texting and driving. I wasn't present while driving. Um, so if we don't maintain that balance with these distractions, uh, we become less and less able to connect with things that matter, uh, like our own heart, people that we love, people that we encounter randomly, and our relationship with God. So my next question, this isn't a discussion question. This is more rhetorical. But uh, who has the best version of you? So what, what I mean by this, so does your job or multiple jobs have the best version of you? Then what does that leave for your family? So if you work so hard at your job that it's constantly with you even when you go home, uh, when you're done with your work, then your family is left with a distracted and tired version of you. Now let's put it another way. If you work so hard at your job, even if it's ministry, like even if you're in ministry, and it's constantly with you after you are done at work, then God is left with a distracted and uh, tired version of you. So there ha- when it, wherever you're at, if you're at work, be present at work. If you're at home, be present at home. If you're with God in prayer time, be present with him and get rid of those distractions. We only have this much time in our lives and our days, this much energy, and this much relational capacity. So here's here's a discussion question that I want your input. What can you lay down to be more present? What are some things you could set aside to be more present? TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's those moments, too, when you are doing something, and maybe you could set it aside for a moment if it's like they're needing to talk, you know? So there's that, that balance, too. Anyone else? What can you lay down to be more present? Oh, yeah. I know people who have selective hearing, too, you know. <laughs> they're looking at you, and you think they're listening to you, but they're not listening. <laughs> Anyone else? Anything else that you can set aside to be more present? Some things for me, um, try not to bring my work home. Sometimes it's impossible, but really try to not bring my work home. Um, lay down that extra episode on Netflix and not stay up till one in the morning, and instead take that time to, you know, read my Bible or pray. (laughs) Um, Don't commit to another thing if it means that I don't have any time with my family, Um, which is huge for me because I want to please people. I want them to think that I'm reliable and to know that I'm reliable, so I say yes, but then it comes to a point where I'm like, oh my goodness, I haven't seen my kids this week. I haven't 
showered in three days, you know, <laughs> that was probably TMI, but, <laughs> uh, but it's just like that, because we get so committed, and we're like, we're doing this, we're doing this, and do this, but if it's taking away from the things that really matter with your relationships with others, and with people, and God, then it's not worth it. Um, in her book, Present Over Perfect, Shauna Nyquist says, if you're not careful with your yeses, you say no without intending to, to rest, to peace, to groundedness, to listening, to deep and slow connection built over years instead of moments. And uh, I've been reading through her book, Present Over Perfect, and I actually started reading her book after that crash. And I was just like, okay, God, I get it. I, I'm, I need to be more present. <laughs> um And so what my crash taught me is I need to stop being so distracted, not just while driving, but in general, just, I need to, I need to be present wherever I'm at. I need to put the brakes on my fast paced life and reevaluate who I am and what I'm becoming and what I've created for myself. So one thing that I'm starting to learn is to just take away one distraction at a time. So when I get home, I put my phone in my room on the charger, it's there. And then I go spend time with my kids. And uh, that's one thing that I know I can do at a time. (laughs) Uh, And so it's just just looking at, because each of us are different. Each of us are in different seasons of our life. So it could be something like books that are distracting you from, you know, talking with others. Not that books are bad, but we each have different things that keep us from being present. So um, I want to show this video. It's called Know Your Why. And it helps us to, it's, a, it's from a comedian who's also a motivational speaker. His name is Michael Jr. And he talks about, like, how we know what we're doing. Like, a lot of times, like, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? But it's really why you are doing it is what matters the most. And then that helps fuel your what. So let's watch this. How do I know? A lot of people, when they think of the phrase, how do I know, they always want to put the what behind it. How do I know what I'm supposed to do? The, the question that you really should ask is, how do I know why I'm here? Because when you know your why, your what becomes more clear and more impactful. If you know, like for instance, um, people know that I do comedy, but that's what I do. My why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. So I can do comedy, I can write books, I can be in a movie, because all of it is motivated by my why. And in the middle of my comedy set sometime, I'll stop and just talk to my audience. And we've been filming this, and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. So I'm, we're in Winston-Salem. I'm going to show you a clip from Winston-Salem. And I'm just talking to this guy in the audience, and he tells me that he's a, uh, a musical instructor at a school. So I was like, all right, you're a musical instructor. You know, can you sing? Let me hear you sing a song. So this is what happened at the last episode of Michael Jr.'s Break Time. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right. So um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, "Amazing Grace." Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That bro could sing, you know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if, uh, 
Your uncle just got out of jail. You got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you, you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Okay, um, here's what I want you to catch. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking towards or in your purpose. I just love that video. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's so true because when you know why you're doing something, you do it with more passion. And then you can say no to things that don't matter to your why. You see what I'm saying? So uh, what is your what? What do you do? And what is your why behind it? And so you want to probably ask it, what is your why? What do you, why, why do you exist on this earth? And what can you do to fulfill that why? Um, so once you know your why, and it's different for all of us. Now, we have our grand purpose from God to go and make disciples, right? Um, that's our overall purpose. That's why we are still here is because God in his grace and mercy loves people. And he wants as many people as possible to come to him. Um, but what is your personal why? It could be different. For instance, mine, uh, I'm a mom, and I'm about to enter a new season with three kids. So my, my why becomes what can I do to have more time with them? Or, or to my why is to be a mom, to be that shepherd in their lives in this season. So if there are things that are taking away from that that don't allow me to be that for them, then I need to reevaluate that and say, okay, do I need to take a step back in a few things? So once you know your why, and this is introspective for each of us, something you can consider when you leave here kind of thing, you can commit yourself to a particular limited amount of things in the season that you are currently in. If what's being asked of you doesn't fit into your why, then you don't commit to it. And your why becomes that litmus test for all the decisions you face. So it's a, it's a practical way to say, no, sorry, I can't, I can't commit to that right now. And that's okay. And there's freedom in that too. You don't always have to be the yes person. And over time, you will rebuild a life that's right for you and your family. 
uh, full of things that you're called to and that you want to do, emptied of the mindless busyness. You see what I'm saying? So the best part of this is that we don't have to discover our why by ourselves. We have God. And sometimes stepping back from activities, jobs, relationships, commitments is difficult. But God promises to always be there for us um, through every step of the way. So Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And when we step back from some of those things that we've been so heavily committed to and um, relationships that we've invested in where it maybe seems one-sided, it's like, okay, what now? What's going to happen now? But God says, don't worry about that. I got it covered. You know, so let me turn the page here. God is love itself, grace embodied, holding the fullness of who we are. Strong, weak, good, bad, wild, fearful, silly, brave. He holds that all in his hands. He can be trusted with every little part of it, every little part. He cares about every little part, and he cares about the big things, too. So... We seek him and we pursue him, and that helps us determine our why, and it helps us to be less distracted in things and to be present. So the key to everything I've been talking about is to be present. So this next video clip is from my one of my favorite movies. It's called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And um, if you haven't seen it, please do. It's awesome. It talk, it's like how a man who works a nine-to-five job wants to be, go on adventures and live life to the fullest, but is kind of stuck in this mundane cycle. But in this scene, it's, he meets one of his favorite photographers, and it talks about being present. So here we go. When are you going to take it? Sometimes I don't. If I like a moment, I mean me, personally, I don't like to have the distraction of the camera. I just want to stay. He said, if I like a moment, I like, sometimes I don't like the distraction of the camera. I just like to be in it. And that's, that's, speaks so much. Like, 
we're so sometimes quick to grab our phones, grab our cameras, take a picture of it instead of just being in that moment. So uh, the four things I want to hone in on is number one is to be present with yourself. Take care of yourself. Uh, Work out, sleep, eat well, relax. Don't neglect your body and your mind and all that it needs. Uh, And like when you're working out, be present while working out. I, I fall into, I'm working out and I'm thinking of a million things, a million. I'm like, okay, I need to do this after this. I need to get dinner ready, da, 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 and not really enjoying the workout. And then sometimes I'm eating so fast that I'm like, where did that plate of food go? I ate it fast. It went down, you know. <laughs> but instead of enjoying food, you know, taking the time to bite my food, <laughs> chew it. <laughs> um, so be present with yourself. And when you're sleeping, when you're, you know, about to lay down to sleep, that's that's also when my mind is continuously going. Let yourself just shut down, you know. Let Be, be able to sleep. Um, number two, be present with people. We are all at different stages in our lives. If you're a parent, be present with your kids, whether they're young, like my kids, or fully grown. Um, whenever you're with them, be present with them. You know, how was your day? How, what's, what's exciting you right now? What's troubling you? And it changes almost daily of new things that bombard us or new challenges that we face. So be present with your kids. Um, if you're a grandparent, be present with your grandkids. Um, my dad is a big sports fan, and it's great. And, and sometimes he wants to watch the game. And my, my my kids, his grandkids are like, hey, Grandpa, you know. And he does. He'll stop and he'll say, okay, okay, you know, let's let's play horseback or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, and I was at the park, uh, Cottonwood Creek Park, a few weeks ago. And this little girl was riding around that huge trail um, by herself, and by the third loop that she made, because I was also walking around that trail, I was like, hey, where are your parents, you know, and she said, oh, they're around, and the only other person I could see was a man way off in the distance on his cell phone, and in this day and age, it would have been so easy for someone to just take her, so my husband and I made a point to, like, stay at the park till we knew she was safe and watch her kind of thing but I see that so many times is like parents distracted at the park with their kids and it's like in one second it could all be taken away from you you know um I read a post just this morning on a uh, mommy support Facebook group that I'm a part of and uh, if you'll show that that slide from her view from home Uh, But I'll read what it says. The biggest mistake I made as a parent is the one that most of us make. I did not live the moment enough. This is particularly clear now that the moment is gone, captured only in photographs. There is one picture of my children sitting in the grass on a quilt in the shadow of the swing set on a summer day. I wish I could remember what we ate and what we talked about and how they sounded and how they looked when they slept that night. I wish I had not been in such a hurry to get to the next thing. Dinner, bath, book, bed. I wish I had treasured the doing a little more and the getting it done a little less. So being present with our kids and our grandkids. If you are a husband or a wife, be present with your spouse. You know, 
Don't be that couple at the restaurant who's both looking at their phones and not even talking to each other. Why to go to a restaurant? You know, you could do that at home. <laughs> Save your money. <laughs> um, but really, be present. I know that my husband and I have only been married seven years, so we're still learning. Um, but we're learning each other, and we always make it a point that when we're together, we're not on our phones. We're still learning about who that person is, and it's changed over the years. Um, especially, like, I lost my mom two years ago uh, to breast cancer, and I've changed so much. But I love that Sam and I can walk through those changes together because we make that commitment. Um, be present with your friends. I've been in many circles where everybody's just on their phones the whole time texting each other. I'm like, okay, why are you texting each other? Like, can we just talk? Uh, and I, that might just be my generation kind of thing, but it really bugs me. I just end up leaving. I'm like, okay, I don't want, I can text you at home, you know? Um, but yeah, be present with your friends, have fun, be silly, uh, meet with that person regularly. Coffee shop dates are always fun or taking them golfing. My dad loves to golf or I love to hike, you know, so I'll be like, hey, Katie, let's go on a hike, you know, and that's a good chance to just connect and talk kind of thing. Um, for Be present with your parents and your grandparents. Um, my granny is 90 years old and she has so many stories. And so I'm just like, granny, Tell me a story, because <laughs> uh, she she birthed 16 children, and she's just a superwoman in my mind. <laughs> uh, so, like, learn learn their stories. I mean, 16 children, there's a lot of stories. <laughs> um, and your parents, uh, be present with your parents. I my, When my mom was given three to six months to live, I quit my job. I said, this isn't important right now. I need to be with her. And I was so grateful I did because I had that time to just spend with her, to reminisce. We looked at picture books all the time and watched movies and stuff. And I, I, I'm grateful for that. And so I think it's important for young people especially, and even as we get older, if your parents are still alive, be present with your parents and um, just learn about their daily struggles. Learn about what's interesting to them right now. Um, and another thing is be present wherever you're at. So let's say you're at a grocery store and if you're like me, I'm in the line and I'm, I'm very impatient in the grocery store line. I'm just like, okay, let's hurry it up. I got things to do, a million things to do. Let's go. And it's like, okay, maybe I should step back and be present and talk to the people around me because God could be setting up a divine appointment uh, for me to share Jesus, and I'm missing it because I'm so distracted by getting to the next thing. So be present wherever you're at. If you're like, um, I got had to get my car fixed because <laughs> I was in a car crash, and at uh, discount tire, like just being present with the the salesman guys, and it was a good experience, you know. And sometimes you can feel. When someone's had a bad day, like the cashier, she's just like, oh, here's your stuff, you know. Take that time to say, is there anything I can pray with you about? Or, you know, or is there something that is troubling you that you would like to tell me? Or, you know, instead of letting their energy come off on you, we can con control 
how we react to people around us. So the third thing is to be present during activities. Driving. <laughs> be present while you're driving. Um, eating out, having people over. Like with Mary and Martha, they were having Jesus over, but she was, Martha wasn't present. She was busy, busy trying to get everything done. But be present with the people who are there. And this, can, this coincides with the last point, um, to be present with people when you are doing an activity that involves more than just you. You're opening the doors for relationships uh, with others and potentially divine appointments from God. Um, and it's just not always having to do things. I, uh, I have a relative who's constantly cleaning the house. I never see her not cleaning. <laughs> always cleaning. And it was the Christmas after my mom had passed, and I was like, hey, let's watch It's a Wonderful Life, one of my favorite movies. Uh, it was my mom's favorite Christmas movie. And she's like, okay, sure, sure, sure. But the entire time, literally, vacuuming, cleaning, dusting. I was like, who's coming over? It's just us, you know? <laughs> it's just, I don't care, you know? And at one point I said, here, just, just sit. I need you to sit because this is really hard for me to watch this movie without my mom. So I just, I need you to sit. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I didn't realize I wasn't sitting. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, yes, you're not sitting. <laughs> um, so be present when you're doing activities uh, and allow yourself to be inconvenienced. So like um, what Ann was saying is that she had to pack, get things done. So she had to tell this person, look, I can't, I can't right now. But there are those times when we can, you know, we can set aside something and say, okay, what do you need? What, what, how can I help you? And especially if we're out in public kind of thing, um, allow yourself to be inconvenienced by someone who may be crying out that I need, I need Jesus right now. I don't know what to, to do, what to say. And allow ourselves to take those times to say, how can I pray for you? Um, and also be present in those major moments. Um, on our wedding day, I just kept like thinking of the timeline of the day. Okay, we got to get pictures. We got to walk down the aisle, you know, we got to eat cake kind of thing. And then I remember just stopping myself and saying, it is what it is at this point. If things are going to go wrong, they're going to go wrong at, you know, at the wedding. So be here, be present at your wedding, <laughs> enjoy it. And it, and after that, I just felt so much less stressed. I was having a good time. And I feel like that's the advice I give to brides who are about to be married. I'm like, just be there, be present. Uh, the same thing for my mom's funeral. I remember sitting in the row, in the front row and I was, mom and I planned her funeral before she passed. And so that was actually a special moment with between us because my dad didn't want to talk about it. My sisters didn't want to talk about it. So I was the person, I was the person that planned it all. And, um, and I remember thinking, okay, everything's planned. Just be here. You know, remember this moment because it's going to pass by really quick. <laughs> and so, like, I, even down to, like, the smell of the room, everything, I, I tried to soak it all in. I spoke at her funeral, too, and that was a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> but I told myself to be present even while speaking 
because that's something like I I studied public speaking in school and I've done it a lot, but sometimes I try to get through it, even the sermon. <laughs> Uh, that I need to be present while speaking. Even writing this sermon, I'll be honest, I was distracted a lot of times. And I was like, okay, this is definitely something I need to work on, God. Because <laughs> uh, I am very distracted. But yeah, just be present in those major moments because they only happen once. Uh, you know, kids' birthdays, even though they have them every year, it might be the last one you have with them. You never know. And I think since my mom's death, I look at life differently because it's like this could be the last and you don't want it to be bleak but then you cherish that time more um and the fourth thing which is most important is be present with god um so i want to read matthew 26 36 through 46 it's where jesus prays in gethsemane Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said, Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And I think that sometimes we look at this passage and we're like, How could the disciples sleep at this moment? But let me tell you, there have been many times when I'm praying and I just fall asleep. Or I'm reading the word, and I just drift off, (laughs) Uh, and I feel like I would be right there with the disciples, even though we're all, like, I always think, man, why would they sleep at this moment, you know, Um, and then in, in another way, how many of us have come into service distracted by something our kids did, or something our spouse said three weeks ago, or perhaps, oh, what are we going to eat after, after service is over? And yet, when we're missing worship, we're missing the sermon, we're missing what God is trying to say to us. Um, the worship song that we sing sometimes in service, uh, Nothing Else, it's a fairly new song, gets me every time. Uh, I'll have the, verses, the words up here. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. And that gets me every time because I'm like, am I just going through the motions? Especially because I work at the church. So a lot of the times I'm thinking of everything going on, (laughs) you know, are the greeters doing what they need to be doing? Are the slides being changed? Does pastor have the right thing on his podium? You know, like, I constant. And so I, I need to be present during worship. I need to 
take a step back and not think about all the things going on and be present and be present during his sermon and not on my phone or someone texts me during service saying that the nursery needs more Cheerios. That can wait, you know. (laughs) I can't get Cheerios right now. (laughs) Um, But allowing yourself to just say, no, I am going to be with God in this moment. I am going to let him change me. And that's constant. That's, that's a daily struggle. Um, in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And then you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So when we come to God vulnerable, allowing ourselves to be present with him at every moment, he promises that his burden is light. And a yoke, for those of you who don't know, are those things that keep cattle together, those big old, or like donkeys, if they're going around um, the mill, they're strapped together with a yoke. And he says, my yoke is, is easy to bear. It's not a burden. And so, God wants us to be present with him because he wants to continually change us for as long as we live, to grow us, to understand new things about him. Um, So we all have distractions in our lives that keep us from being present with ourselves, present, present with other people, with activities that we're doing, and with God. As you leave tonight, I want you to think of some ways you can adjust your thinking or your schedule to be more present. In all of those things. In that book, Present Over Perfect, Shauna Nyquist says, Leave behind the heavy weight of comparison, competition, and exhaustion, and recraft a life marked by meaning, connection, and unconditional love. The best thing we can offer this world is not our force or energy, but a well-tended spirit and a wise and brave soul. And to be present with everyone and everything that we do. Uh, So we can go ahead and pray, and I'll close us out. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this word that you have given me, and I pray that uh, you will help us all to grow in you and to be present with others, with ourselves, with activities that we're doing, and with you, that we won't allow the distractions of this world to um, bombard us all the time and to keep us from growing in all of these areas. And I pray for anyone in here that is struggling with major things, that you will comfort them, that that their burden will be light, that they will come to you with all of their worries and their, their troubles. And Father, I pray that you will wrap your arms around them and help them to know that there is freedom and peace in you. And even those little things that distract us, that are mundane or sometimes crazy and silly, I pray that we'll give those to you too and help us to look at everything in our life and determine what is important and what is not, and what things can be taken away, and help us to know our purpose in you, and help us to discover that each and every day, and in every season that we are in. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm a little bit earlier than pastor usually is, but (laughs) thank you so much.